doing our thing, joining us from Yahoo Sports. And, uh, Eric, it was um, it was great. I was going to book you today, and I was like, man, I love what I'm reading from Eric on this national title game and the winners and losers. And then I realized all I got these nice notes from folks, including you, when I broke my neck in that accident. And, I, and even now, however many months later, I'm just finding out all these nice notes that came pouring in, and I saw one from you. So, Eric, great to uh, great to have you back on the show. Well, uh, thanks for having me. Yeah, it scared the heck out of me when I saw your wife's post, and I thought, oh, my goodness, I can't believe it. As somebody who also rides bikes and maybe doesn't always uh, use the, the greatest uh, safety measures, me, not you, I don't know how we you know, but – it certainly frightened me. It's great hearing you back in the saddle again, and uh, I can't wait till we can uh, meet up at one of these events over the over the course of the year. I know Super Bowl is going to look a little different uh, with with I don't know how many people actually be there, but uh, we will we will get together at some point. I liked you weighing in on kind of the winners and losers from the national title game the other night, and. Uh, I, you know, let's start, Eric, with um, the quarterback from Alabama. I mean, this is uh, this is kind of interesting because I think we get it in our head. Man, you got to be dynamic, or you got to have these measurables, and you got to yeah. you got to be able to do these things. And you know, sometimes it's okay, no matter if you're surrounded by talent, to sit back there and go whatever it is, thirty-five for forty-five, and and throw for for you know four hundred yards or whatever. I mean, you've got to use the talent around you as you look at uh, Mac Jones and kind of project where you think he goes where does he fit into all this because obviously a lot of people have fallen in love with Zach Wilson out of BYU I think that's going to be a guy Eric you end up maybe getting asked about about and talk about as much as anybody because I just think people are fascinated with that prospect but uh, what I guess what we saw from Mac Jones the other night was about what we expected to see from him yeah, it certainly was. I mean, and like you said, kind of the backdrop of evaluating that type of a quarterback is that so many people are just smitten with the dual threat quarterbacks. And understandably, right, they're hard to defend. There's only, you know, you can only play so much man defense against them. You know, do you blitz them or can they get past your rush and, and hit you with a 25-yard gain? Now, that's not Mac Jones. It's not, it's not Kyle Trask either. So both of those guys are going to be really interesting Rorschach tests, I think, for the evaluators who, you know, look at these kind of rhythm pocket passers who, you know, outside of an occasional scramble, you know, when things break down, they're pretty much sitting back in the pocket and and throwing dimes. How valuable is that in today's NFL? Um, You know, I mean, I think a quarterback like that absolutely can still work. But I can just tell you that in the conversations, really since about, you know, mid-November that I've had on uh, even early November on Trask and Jones, there's appreciation for how well these guys have done. Unexpected starters getting kind of thrown into the mix. Nobody thought they would be beating out five stars or being the starters where they were playing well in the SEC, Heisman finalists. But the NFL appreciation for both is is a little bit muted. I think they're both more likely to be day two picks, second or third round, than they are to be first round picks. But all it takes is that one team, you know, that one team that says, I love the intangibles, I love the accuracy, give me Jones or give me Trask. Yeah, and, and a guy who didn't even have close to Jones mechanics 
all those yeah. years ago just because of intangibles like a Tebow, you're, to your point, went in the first round because people were just fascinated with his intangibles, and it didn't work out. But people will always. Um, and uh, same thing, you know, with, with Johnny, it's the opposite thing. He had so much other stuff. He could do a million different things, but obviously the one thing he couldn't do was stay focused, and he had all yeah. sorts of issues, and, and those were two of the most interesting prospects you probably have followed over the past 10 years or 15 years. Now, um, let's look at Justin Fields. Let's look at the other quarterback. There are times, uh, you, you mentioned it in your story on Yahoo Sports, he's one of those guys uh, that kind of glides down the field. You know, he goes on, uh, you, you know, Jalen Hurts does that a little bit. You know, he doesn't, you don't, you don't go, oh, that's the fastest guy ever. But then he's 20, 30 yards down the field. And this guy, I, you know, I don't know. I mean, that's an interesting now that I brought it up. Jalen Hurts, I don't, I don't know who I would say is the most, most athletic of that. I, I, but Fields certainly has probably even better measurables than Jalen Hurts does. Where did, what did you think of his performance? Well, it wasn't a great performance, but did it change your evaluation of him as you as you kind of start to formulate all that? Yeah, I mean, it, it was hard not to be slightly disappointed in the sense that he played on such an unbelievable level against Clemson in the semifinals and doing so while while hurt, you know, getting the kind of that hip injury. And, you know, you could see it affected him in both games, I think more so obviously against Clemson. So it was a disappointment from that standpoint. But after rewatching the game, you know, I don't think he played poorly. I just don't think he grasped the opportunity to kind of seal home that, that number two quarterback spot. I mean, look, I, even if urban Meyer takes the Jaguars job, I still have a hard time believing he's going to pass up Trevor Lawrence for field. So let's assume that Lawrence goes first reasonable. I think then you get down to Wilson or, or, or Fields. I really think it's probably going to end up coming down to those two. Trey Lance might be your fourth quarterback there, but it, it's going to be split. I, I mean, I don't think there's going to be a, a, a huge tilt one way or the other because Justin had just enough questions crop up this season against some of the better defenses he played. Not, not Clemson, obviously, but Indiana, Northwestern, even Michigan State, there were times in that game I didn't think he, you know, processed it at, at lightning quick speed. But, I mean, first of all, I think he's got the traits to be a winner. The athletic stuff is all there. He can throw the ball all over the field. Is that You know, running is, is something, like you said, he glides and he can make people miss. And so there's a lot of alluring things about him. Wilson didn't play nearly the schedule that, that Fields did, obviously, but he had fewer hiccups along the way. So, how they'll all end up stacking up, uh, you know, amongst the other 30 or so teams who are in the mix to take them. It's really, really going to be fascinating. I think right now, if I had to guess, there might be more people slightly more infatuated with Wilson than with Fields. Interesting. And uh, his offensive coordinator, by the way, the new offensive coordinator for the Baylor Bears. Yeah. My alma mater. And so that'll be interesting to see all that. It comes. What if, uh, what if Wilson started? What if he made it close to ten in the draft, and Jerry Jones became <laughs> infatuated with him? You know, what I mean that that it's happened before. Jerry wanted sure. to take Johnny, and uh, obviously they got the situation with Dak, and that would complicate everything. If the Cowboys went out and took a quarterback in the first round, that would throw everything into chaos. But couldn't you see Jerry Jones getting just? I mean, Wilson just seems like the kind of player that he he would be infatuated with, although I just can't. 
I mean, they this they there might be so teams so desperate for quarterback. Uh, Eric, uh, they they these quarterbacks these three quarterbacks uh, might not make it to ten. Right. Yeah. I mean, let's say you know the the nuclear option where somehow you know they, they keep sliding or teams can't make those trades and you know he got within uh, sniffing zone of, of Dallas's pick. Maybe there is a conversation to be had where you say, okay, you know, we're, we're franchising Dak this year and then we're, we're moving on or whatever. I mean, the, you know, it's not what I think they're going to go into the draft thinking, but at some point they're at least going to have that conversation, right? The what if, you know, the, 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 the unexpected scenario where this happens. But again, it would probably be more likely that, you know, trail of the top quarterbacks, if you assume Trey Lance from North Dakota State belongs somewhere in that discussion. He'll pro. I mean, he could be on the board at, at that spot. I do not think they're going to take Trey Lance. And and given what you know, the offensive line could look like in a couple of years without that. You know, given yeah. what the defense did this season and all the, the holes on that side of the ball, I I just have a hard time thinking they would go that way unless one of those top three guys somehow fell. Eric Edholm uh, from Yahoo Sports, talent evaluator, their uh, pro draft, NFL draft guy, guru, uh, joining the Matt Mosley Show with Stephen Simcox, ESPN Central Texas. Now, I know you felt bad putting him on any kind of a loser list because it, right. it's just a weird thing to have to do. But, uh, boy, I, I, Jalen Waddell, that became a big story. He wanted to fight his way back. A lot of times we see players – could he play? Could he play? And then they don't play. Well, this guy did. And yeah. it seemed like uh, seemed like folks across the NFL were really kind of like, man, you know, it's impressive that he wanted to do this, but Alabama may have not done him any favors. What, seeing him kind of limping around, does it, or, does it, does it, what, what does it do? What does it do? Does it make people love him even more? Or does it just make people sort of question Alabama's approach to that whole thing? Yeah, and that's a great way to frame it. I I struggled putting him in my losers category because I don't think he hurt himself from a, you know, an appearance standpoint. Now, do I know for sure whether there's any additional damage to the ankle? No. Dr. Lyle Kane, who's the Alabama team physician, one of the team physicians there, sports medicine doc, you know, I mean, he went on the radio the next day and explained, here's the deal, right? It was his sort of not being used to running and running at full speed and, you know, and all this. And he had a good explanation for it, which I heard after I wrote the story that said the potential for doing damage, I think would have been a little higher within a slightly unstable ankle, you know, the wrong cut, the wrong, you know, spot on the field or something like that. So I, I, I'm, I was merely passing on, and this is for my, my fellow Twitter people out there who came after me <laughs> when they read my story, and I thought I explained it, but I just want to make sure I double down here. It was more the reaction of the NFL people saying, geez, you know, like you said, great that he tried to play. I mean, that's, that's the toughness right there. 182 pound guy going out there after, you know, 10 weeks post-surgery and, and playing or whatever it was. But there's also that, that fear factor of could they have put him in harm's way? So yeah, I did, I assuming he comes out, and assuming he can run and work out and everything like that come come March or April, I don't really see that, that this is going to have a big effect on him. He should be. I mean, he could be a fifteen top fifty pick. Yeah, and I think you Devonte Smith's a guy that you you know everybody say, oh the Heisman, oh he'll feel all the pressure and that kind of thing. And he just went out there yeah. and was unbelievable. That's one of those guys you just gotta 
kind of go, yeah, maybe the measurables aren't exactly what I want, Eric. But, I mean, the production is such. And, and, I mean, every team had to line up thinking, we got to do everything in the world to stop this guy, and they still couldn't do it. Right. And had he come out a year ago, I think he had a a decent chance to be a first-round pick, a lower one, but a decent chance. And he, I don't think, would get out of the top 40 or maybe 50 picks had he come out a year ago. I was surprised he came back. I mean, I really was, but, you know, Nick has convinced a lot of those guys to to do that. And in a lot of cases, it's ended up working out for the players. So they have a history of, you know, taking a a really good player and making them better. Najee Harris comes to mind, too. So that said, could I have ever predicted he would have this kind of season? I guess we should have had the evidence last year when he had some monster games. And there were so many mouths to feed, not just Waddle, but Jerry Judy and Henry Ruggs the greatest wide receiver quartet has ever been put together. So, you know, four first round picks, it's unbelievable. I mean, they're, they're going to go in the first round. I think if they come out, so I, how you, how you slot them or evaluate them, it's sort of a, you worry about the fact that he's probably around 180 pounds come combine time. Are you concerned that that is not going to hold up? I mean, are you going to look at the stopwatch and, and fret over the fact that he may not break a four five forty? Uh, his play speed is exceptional. His ability to shake defenders in the open field is uncanny. Is the way you can use him deep routes, middle of the field, short stuff. You know, I mean, he does it all. So the body of work suggests he has a great chance to become a complete NFL receiver, even if he's six foot and a, and a tiny bit more. I mean, he's about six foot and a, a eighth of an inch and like i said maybe he bulks up to about 180 pounds he was 172 in the spring when scouts came through so you know that's that's a marvin harrison body that's a isaac bruce body those guys did pretty well what about today i don't know eric i appreciate it great catching up with you as your editor uh, i'm going to point myself your editor i want uh, <laughs> i want a sertan to dallas that's the next column that's what i want to read because he ends up there playing opposite of Diggs, and, and man, yep. that's going to do huge numbers for Yahoo. Man, thank you for coming on. It was a lot of fun. All right, man. Appreciate it. Glad to hear you're doing well. See ya.